And uh, let me just start with a joke, and uh, it will be a good icebreaker. So uh, one day, there is this uh, little boy. Everybody say little boy. Okay, there's a little boy sitting and watching his father do his work at the study room. So the boy suddenly noticed his father has some strands of white hair sticking up. So he looked at, he looked at his, his dad and, uh, and asked his dad something like this. Why are some of your hairs white, dad? And his father replied, well, every time you do something wrong, you make me sad, you make me unhappy, then one of my hairs will turn white. Then the boy says, hmm, think for a while about this revelation and suddenly ask this question. Dad, how come then all our grandma and your grandpa hairs are white? You got the joke? So, this is a joke, but this is what happens when we think that everything is wrong with everybody and nothing wrong with ourselves. And we become the self-righteous people. And, but Jesus, in Luke chapter 5, verse 33, say, Jesus didn't come to call those who think they are righteous, self-righteous, but to call those who know they are sinners, and need to repent. Let me repeat it again. Luke chapter 5, verse 33 says, God didn't call those who think they are righteous. The Pharisees think they are righteous. They think they are righteous, self-righteous. But God, Jesus, came to the earth to call those who think they are sinners and need to repent. Let me just start. Let me give you one slide. The first slide, my slide, please. 1 John chapter 2, verse 22 said, And Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. What is propitiation? Is the reconciliation for our sin, atonement for our sin. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of what? Of the whole, of the whole world. Jesus didn't die for you, just for you and me. Jesus died for the entire World. Everybody say entire world. Jesus has paid the price for the sin of the world, not only for the sin of the righteous or the sin of the people who believe in Him. He paid the price for the entire world. Does, does this give us understanding as to why that every soul matters for God? Every soul matters for Jesus. All the murderers, the prostitutes, the liars, the drunkard man, the dirty-minded man, all matters to Jesus because God paid the price for them as well. Not just we, the church people, also for the unchurched people outside, the unsaved, the unbelievers. Jesus paid the price for all of them. So if Jesus had paid the price, the full price for the sin of the entire world, the question is, how are we being saved? What do we do to be saved? A simple question. Let me show you very quickly. Um, on. Yep. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe, 
and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, it means you are only included, let me repeat it, you are only included in the redemption transaction if you believe in the transaction. You got it? Let me repeat it again. It means, how do we get saved? You only get saved if you are believe on what Jesus has done on the cross and you confess it with your mouth. If you believe in the in the transacted redemptions that happen in the cross, then you will be blessed. You will be saved. So if we are saved, what about the rest of the people in the world? If you and me are saved, what about the rest of the people in the world? That's why in Romans didn't stop there. The passage doesn't stop there where we are being saved. It continues to chapter to verse 14, let, let, me, let me read it to you. Verse 14, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How the world, how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can the world, they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? So, church, this means if you, if you follow, this means Jesus needs to send someone out there, out there to the unchurched people to share the gospel, correct? Someone needs to go and preach the gospel, preach about the good news that Jesus died, not only for the church people, not only for the believer, but also for the unbeliever. But someone needs to go out there. And uh, my question to you is, how do you think Jesus could accomplish getting the message of salvation, reaching out to the world after He died on the cross. How, how, how do you think Jesus wants to do this? By choosing smart people? By choosing both young and free people to get the message out fast to the world? No, I don't think so. If you think how God chose the people in the Bible, if you study the Bible, how God chose the people to bring the message out, it's not because the people, they have it all together, but simply because they didn't have at all. So we don't have to hit all the right note, pull all the right string to be used by God. God can use even the broken heart, the sinners, and turn them into the people that He can use to bring the message out. I believe that God will be able to use an each and every one of us in a specific way if we are willing to respond to His calling. So here's the title for the day, and it's for everybody, not for me, for everybody. Okay, here's the title. Everybody say, I have a test. Testimony. I have a testimony. So, how many of you know the word testimony comes from the, the root word test? In Latin, means testari, which means to bear witness. So, a testimony, okay, let me do just a little bit of teaching. A testimony comes from conducting a test. You do a test, or you are need to go through a test. A testimony comes from conducting a test. 
Bearing your testimony means we are witnessing, we are reporting, we are declaring the result of the test. Not only we go through the test, but we grow through the test. Correct? How many of you are having tests this week? Not only you need to go through the test, sometimes when there is a test, you grow through the test. And at the end of the test, you're not only witnessing, declaring, but also you declare how God is able to help you through and grow through the test. So at the end of the test, we can testify the goodness of God. That is a testimony. Last week, we are talking about building bridges. How we build bridges to the people, they are not safe. So we can bear witness there is a bridge. We, we are not so relevant, but we need to build a bridge. Last week, we talked about that. But today, I'm gonna, I, I want to tell you that we have that bridge already. Do you know what that bridge is? The bridge is your testimony. The bridge that connects you with the world is your message that can connect you with the world. That's a bridge. What happened to you in the past, God can use it as a bridge for you to relate to the world. But how many of you are willing enough to humble yourself and tell that you have this message that can relate to the world? And how God will be able to help you not only go through the test, but also grow you through the test. Amen? I have a testimony. Come on, somebody shout to your neighbor, say, I have a testimony. And say to the other side of the person next to you, say, I have a message. All right. So we, do, we don't, church, we don't come we don't come to the unsafe. We don't come to the unchurch, unbeliever with the sermon, with the Bible verses, with quotes like, like, like you are a preaching machine kind of guy. You know, but we come with our own testimony, our own message, how God helped you, how God enable you, how God restore you, that relate you to the people. You know, I know you can quote all the Bible. You are church people. You can say like, I remember he said this, something like this, and quotes. Act 2.38, repent and be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus, for, your, for the forgiveness of your sin. And you, I, know, I know you can quote all the Bible. But when you come face to face with the unchurched, the unsafe, the friend of yours, even with your unsafe relative, we don't arm our mouth with sermon, with Bible verses. We arm our mouth with our own testimony, with our own message. How the grace of God is capable of helping me going through the test and growing me through the test. So this is my first point. I have a testimony. My message is my mess. My testimony is my test. It is your test in the past that become your test 
testimony that reach out to the unchurched people. Do you realize that? Never think of it. It is your mess in the past that become relevant message that reach out to the messy world. I have a past. How many of you do not have a past? How many of you have a past? A dark past? A bad past? How many of you will be humble enough to lift up? I have a dark one. How many of you? Wow, you are really church people, huh? (laughs) All right. I have a past, but God has a purpose. So don't waste your past. Use it for His purpose. You got it? You have a past, I know. I know you are quiet, you don't want to lift up your hand, but trust me, church, I can shoot everyone in this church and tell you what's wrong with you. I know you are financially stable, but you are emotionally lacking. I know you are emotionally alright, but your mind is not right. Thinking all the dirty things. I can shoot you down. What's wrong with us? Me too. But God can use all of us just normal people in the Bible on how God used them. God can use the broken, even the sinners to reach, to reach out to the broken world. So that's the main message I want to share to you today. This is how Paul shared his testimony, showing how the mess he has, he had in the past, can become a relevant message to the people, to the Gentiles who are far from God. He said, I am the worst sinners. Don't you know? I am the chief sinners. Let me say, let me just read it the first to you. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 16. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 16. This is Paul who, who shared the message, the testimony to the unsaved, to the Gentiles. Not to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. Verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has, began me, who has given me strength to do His work. He considered me trustworthy and pointed me to serve Him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted His people. How many of you have persecuted people? No? Here? So bad to your friend? How many of you do very bad to your friend? Lift up your hand like... You kill them? Anyone? No? Okay. But this guy, Paul, he persecuted and killed people just like you. And then God used him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted people, but God, but God, everybody say, but God, had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Verse 14. On how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. Verse 15. This is a trustworthy saying. Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am, this is Paul said, and I am what? The worst of them all. If you ever lied, he did it worse. If if you ever really hit your friend, slap your friend, kick his butt, he did it worse. That's what he's trying to say. But God had mercy on me so that Christ could use me. Everybody say, use me. As a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. This is what I highlighted. Okay, the next sentence. 
then, let's just read it together. Can you read it together at the bottom part of the passage? Then, you see? One, two, three. Come on. Then others will realize that they too can believe in Him and receive eternal life. They too can believe in Jesus. Why? He built bridge to the people by His own past. I have a past. Persecuted people relate to them. I have a past. So His message was His mess. His testimony was His test. How many of you today want to be used by God, humble enough, willing enough to open up? I have a past, but God had mercy on me. Our failure is not final. Our failure, failure is not final. In fact, it is the hinge on which the door to the grace of God swings open to ourselves as well to the people as well to the people that we will testify. You know, the moment you feel we fail, you do a big mistake. It is the time when the grace of God can come to you in a refreshing way. Not only to you, but to the people that you will testify in the future. Your failure is not final. It is the hinge on which the door of grace will open to you and to the people that you will testify. Amen, church? Are you following? So I'm going to look into Luke chapter 5, verse 2. This is, let's see the story of the calling of the first disciples, okay? How Jesus chose people to bring the message out to the world, okay? Let's see the first, the first disciple. Luke chapter 5, verse 2. And on one day, Jesus, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around Him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two, everybody say, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And then chapter, uh, verse 3, everybody say, read it together with me. Chapter 3, are you ready? guys ready? You can see it on the screen now. One, two, three. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught people from the boat. This is my second point. That God used what? Broken people to reach out to the broken world. How many of you know that why Jesus chose Simon, also known as Peter, later part? to be his first disciple. Why, 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 why Jesus chose Simon? Do you know why? Was it because Simon is the most upright man, the most righteous man, the most perfect guy, the, most, the boldest, who, who can take out the sword and, and, and cut people's ear when, when there's, there's a threat coming in? No. Jesus, know, Jesus knew exactly who Simon was. He was a sinful man. We will read it later in the, in the letter first. But God chose him anyway. He got into what? He got into his boat and taught the people gathered at the shore from the boat. Everybody say boat. Do you know another word for boat is vessel? 
Another word for both is vessel. Every time we use vessel in the Bible, we symbolize our lives. So when we say, use me as your vessel, O God, that simply means use my life, O God. When Jesus got into the boat belonging to Simon, he was saying, I want to use your life. I want to use your life. And God can use, can use your boat, your vessel, your life to catch the unsafe people in the deep sea water as also use your boat to teach the people who are safe at the shore. Let me repeat it again. Your boat is your life. God can go into your boat and save the people at the deep sea, unsafe people. At the same time, God can use your boat to teach, preach to the people who are already safe at the shore. Notice there are two boats. I mentioned there is two boats at the shore. If Simon refused Jesus and didn't allow, or didn't allow Jesus to get into his boat, Jesus would have gone to the other boat. I just got the other boat. You don't allow me to come into your boat? Jesus would just have gone to the other boat. It means God does not need to use you, but He chooses to use you. God's calling in your life always demands our response. Everybody say, demand our response. How many of you use phone every day? No? No? You're living in the jungle? Okay. If the phone is ringing, there's a call. Your response to a call is entirely up to you to answer or not to answer, to answer or not to answer. Who's this? Oh, my boyfriend. Okay. But a call is always demand. God's calling in your life always demand our response. God's always call you. If you don't respond, I'll go to the next person. God's going to call you. You're not responding, I'm going to go to the next person. But God's going to use everybody. God uses broken people. God does not choose or not choose you because you're, you're, whoever you are, your, your status, your, your, whether you are sinful, you are right. God's going to use you. But are you going to respond to God? Just now we sing the song, the song that says, Are you hurting? What is that? Are you hurting and broken within? What's the next one? I forgot. <laughs> Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. You are hurting right now? You are broken right now? But God's going to use you. Is calling you. God used broken people for His purpose. God can use you more than you can think of to get more than what you've been searching in this life. Simon was searching for fish. But God gives you more than just fish. Simon never think that his life would change from that moment on. When, he, when Jesus was on the boat, and obey, he obeyed what Jesus did. Go to the deeper shore. Go to the deeper sea. And he got net breaking, boat sinking, full of fishes just by one catch. That's a good reward of his fisherman, isn't it? Just by one catch. Jesus changed Simon from a fisherman to become fisher of man. From just getting a reward 
on earth, just fish, to getting a reward in heaven. God's going to use you. No matter how small is your boat, we always think a thought like this. Uh, God's not going to use me. My boat is too small. My boat is not as big as His. My boat is broken. But God want to go into your boat and use you. Let me continue. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 now. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night, worked hard all night. I haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught a, such a large number of fish that their net begins to break. When Simon's, Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch them. You will catch men. So they pulled their boats on shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. Church, it's, isn't it amazing now how God somehow chose the path to partner with us, to use our life to rescue the people of the unsafe in the deep sea water in the world. God doesn't choose the path to show off His mighty power, to show off just walk on water. He could do that. Or just fly like a mighty Thor, the king of, what do you call it? The king of, or the, the god of thunder. If Jesus was walking on water, I believe, all the people at the show just amazed. Ah, okay, I believe Jesus. If you think now, have you ever thought, if, why not we have to like reach out to the people? Why don't Jesus just show up in the sky and just spell out the name or the angels just shout the name of Jesus one time and the entire of Indonesia will be saved? Don't you think? But no, God, God didn't do that. God chose to partner with us. Use the broken people. Partner with us to save the broken. He met disciple. That's a proof number one. He believed in Simon, who keep on failing. He used broken people to save the broken. There's a reason to that. I'm going to come for that. He made disciples. He used people. In fact, he used broken people to reach out the broken world. And Simon said, I am a sinful man, oh God. I am a sinful man. If God can use a man like Simon, who is a sinful man, if God can use a murderer, a Moses, if God can use a prostitute, Rahab, to lead the people of God into the promised land, I believe God can use all of us. How many of you believe this? In fact, this is the punching line. God does not change Simon when he used him yet. God hasn't changed Simon yet when he got into the boat. Jesus had not restored Peter yet when he, after he did not three times. But Jesus already in his boat. Before even God changed your life yet, he is already in your boat. want to save you. Not only save you, he want to use you. Jesus didn't change Rahab yet when he used Rahab, a prostitute, to hide the spies. But God already used her. 
and Rahab, the harlot, become a heroes in Hebrew. Amazing, right? A harlot become a heroes, a broken to save the broken. God used broken people. This is the quote that I want to share with you. So, the love of God is not the reward for our changed lives. The love of God is the resource, is the resource by which we are changed. We always think, oh, if you change for the better for God, if your life change, your lifestyle change for the better, God is going to love you. Right? If you change for the better, God is going to love you. Wrong. You miss the good news. God already loves you when you are still in the mess. God already loves you when God has not even changed you. The love of God is not the reward. It is the resource. The love of God is what we need for us to change, church. We are broken people, but we receive the love of God so that we can be changed and testify to the broken world. The third one, very quickly, the third one, how we can testify to have a testimony for the rest of the world who is not yet saved. The third one, be gracious and be more like Jesus. Be gracious and be more like Jesus. Have you given a thought why Jesus chose a broken people? Not the Pharisee, not the teachers of the law, but the broken people? I do. I always think about this. And exactly what I said in the beginning in Luke chapter 5, verse 33, Jesus didn't come to call those who think they are righteous, but Jesus call, 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 everybody call. Say, everybody call. I call. Everybody are called by Jesus. Who know they are sinners and need to repent. The Pharisees, the, 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 teachers, the teachers of the law were sinners, but they thought they were righteous. They called themselves righteous. And what they do all day, all night, is to judge people according to the law. That's why Jesus can't use them. Because self-righteous people will not be able to have a compassion for the broken world. Self-righteous people who think they are righteous will not have a compassion, will not, have, will not be gracious to those who are still struggling with sin. What they do is, hey, you, you just committed adultery. Can you stone her? All they do is, oh, yeah, 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 you, you just did. I know what you did last summer. Let's just judge him according to the law. That's the Pharisee. They thought they are the right, the only one who is righteous. But you also made your, your parents white hair. So be gracious, you'll be more like Jesus. Be judgmental, you'll be more like Pharisee. You know, we can't clean, if you fish, you can't clean fish until you catch them, right? If you want to clean fish, we have to first catch them. So in the same way, we can't expect the unsafe, the unchurched people to be clean and to change their life first before they can come to church. 
can they? We have to save them first, catch them first, and let them be in the church. And just because they say a sinner prayer and accept Jesus at the church, it does not mean their life are immediately changed. Their lifestyle, I mean, the old lifestyle are immediately gone. They might be still struggling. But if we can be gracious and more, be more like Jesus and not like the Pharisee, we will accept them. We can't clean the feast until we catch them. And Jesus knew this fact. And Jesus showed grace to Peter. And he failed how many times? Three times. This, this was how Jesus restored the broken Peter. Just being gracious to him. Jesus restored him, raised him to a position that God used him to save the unsaved by being gracious. God is going to use those who know their need for grace so that they can show others what grace is capable of. Only those who understand, oh, I need the grace of God. They will understand how to be gracious to other people. That's why Jesus cannot use the Pharisee. Jesus cannot use the teachers of the law. Jesus used broken people. Because broken people know their need for grace. I need the grace of God. I messed up. If it is not God, I won't be like here, like today. But because I understand the need for grace, God's going to use broken people so that they can share the message of grace. Good news. Peter failed big time, but because Jesus was gracious, it was the grace of God that restored the broken Peter to be able to rise up and to be witness to the people and show what grace of God has done to him. He preached the gospel and 3,000 people were saved. And Peter was saying, I love you 3,000. 3,000 people saved. Just because he received the love of God and so he can spread out the love of God. That's what the world needs. It's not your Bible verses. You can say preach Bible verses and sermon if you are in the church or in revival service, if you are a preacher. Yes, but if you are want to testify to the unsaved, to your friend, to your relative, which is not believer yet, you have to use your testimony, your message. So, so be gracious. Be gracious. Let the broken, the messed up, the, the people who are still struggling with sin, let them be in the church. If you see them, let be gracious. Don't look at them with, 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 with the sight of your eyes. What do you call it? You, you don't see them, but you pretend don't see them, but you're looking from the top to the head, from the head, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Can you do that? Can we try? You, normally, all the Christian people will do this. Look from the top, from the left. Oh, this guy. We don't do that. We don't judgmental. We don't be judgmental to them. We don't judge them, but be gracious to them. Amen. Okay, let's recap. I'm going to close with this. We could be the one who brings people to Christ and become witness if we are willing to be used by God. Because number one, we have a testimony. Your testimony is your test. Your message is your mess. 
our mess is the bridge. It's a relevant, it's the relevant message to the world. Number two, realize that God uses broken people. No matter how small your boat is, no matter how small your life is, God's going to use you. You think you are a sinner and God will not use you? You are wrong. You are deceived by the devil. God want to use you. God want to use you to reach out to the broken world. Third one, be gracious. If you expect God to be gracious to yourself, be gracious to people. Be gracious to those people who just come into the church. They're probably still struggling. They're probably still lying. They're probably still smoking. But be gracious to them. One day, they will be restored to a position that they too will be used by God. That's what the testimony for, from uh, Apostle Paul. And if we do this, we will win and defeat the enemy. What did I say? Defeat the enemy? That's what Revelation 12, 11 says. We will defeat our enemy with the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. Let me repeat it to you again. We will win over the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. What is the blood of the Lamb? It's the gospel. What is the blood of the Lamb? It's the grace of God. Die on the cross. And what is our word of testimony? It's your own mess. It's your own test that you share to the world. So we arm ourselves with the grace of God on our hands. And on the other hand, we say, I have a message. I have a past, but God has a purpose. I have a dark past, but God has a purpose. We defeat the enemy. We save the unsafe people, the unchurched, the unbeliever. How many of you want to be used by God. God is looking for the boat. He want to come into your life. No matter how, how small, how broken you are, He's going to jump into your boat without even telling you. Without even he, even, he haven't started the process of changing you yet, restoring you yet, but He straight away jumped into your boat. Here I am. Let's just stand before our feet. And I ask the musician to just... Let's sing one song, the songs, last, the last song that we just sing. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Here we are, oh God, the church, the church of God. The church comprises not good people, but broken people. It's hospital for the broken. That is what the church is. Somehow we are broken in some way, O oh God, but you chose us to use us. And right now, God, we surrender. We lift up both our hands, we open our eyes, we open, we open our hearts, O oh God, to hear your calling. To hear that you are calling us, O oh God. Regardless how, what hurt you have in the past, how broken you are right now, Jesus will mend the broken heart with heal the hurt and He's calling us. Thank you, Jesus. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? 
Do you thirst for a dream from the well? Jesus is calling. Come on, church, just sing it. Oh, come to the altar. Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh. Are you hurting? Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the Jesus is, Jesus calling. is calling. When God chooses you, He will never forget you. Have you come to the end of yourself? His calling is without he repentance. For a dream from the well. Meaning He will never Jesus forget you. Calling. That He ever called you. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. As it's Him singing, oh God, in the background, God. We hear you are calling each and every one of us. Straight away, you jump into our life, oh God. Straight away, you jump into our boat. No matter how small your boat is, how broken, how hurting your boat is, your life is, Jesus is going to jump into your life. I don't know what your status or your Conditioned relationship with Jesus is. But whatever your situation is, wherever you are, Jesus is calling you. Maybe you are not yet believe in Jesus. God is calling you. Maybe you are already far from God. Or maybe you are broken because of some past, some trouble, some storm. And you are like, putting off and care not about the calling of God and realize one thing one thing that today the message is God is going to use you don't be broken because of the test the test is where the grace of God will be poured out into your life Father, we pray, O oh God, Jesus, whoever has been like Peter who failed more, probably more than three times, O oh God, run away from the calling of God. Oh God, I'm, I don't think you're going to use me. God, I'm, I'm just a sinner. God, I don't have anything to offer. But the Word of God is saying, even to this church, even how small, even to your company, how small, God is going to use the boat to save the people. And um, 
Just open your heart. If you are willing, God's going to use you. Don't be deceived by the devil that God's not going to use you. But are you humble enough to be used by God? Open up your mess. Use your past for His purpose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Teach us to be gracious as you have been gracious to us, Jesus. We do not want to be a Pharisee for the day, but we want to be more like you. We want to be the church that be gracious to people and save the unsafe, oh God. Thank you, Jesus.